Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and as we continue in our Revelation study in our podcast called Questions About Heaven, we see the judgment of God, and I'm going to invite you to uh, take a look back and review over our other studies as we went verse by verse up till now through the book of Revelation, and we're studying the apocalyptic, which really means the revealing in the Greek, the revealing of Jesus Christ. We have seen him as a shepherd in the Gospels. We have seen him as miracle workers in the Gospel, as the sacrifice for all mankind, for the sins of mankind, offering away. Just like it says in the Bible in John chapter 14, Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We see this. We see Jesus as Savior. And now here in opening up Revelation in chapter 1, it shows Jesus as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The presentation of Jesus in the opening chapter is striking indeed. The symbolism is to show us that he is the judge, he is the ruler of all, this is God. And Jesus presents himself in a time right now where he is taking back the universe and he is going to be victorious. This is a a, a book of great, great encouragement. As we go through, we are moving through Revelation, and now we're in Revelation chapter 8. We've been seeing, uh, as we've been moving up, Revelation chapter 1 was the introduction of Christ. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 were the words that were given of warning to some churches and also encouragement to other churches. That's in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And then we go to Revelation 4, and that opens up the future. As I have been sharing with you, the Greek word to explain from chapter 4 all the way to the end of Revelation chapter 22 is known as the meta-tauta section. And meta means after, tauta means this, the after this or the hereafter, or what we might say the future section. John steps into heaven and starts witnessing events in heaven and judgments on earth. You will note that the Christians, the assembly, the believers, are not on earth when the wrath of God comes from chapter 6 all the way through the rest of the book into chapter 19, when we start seeing the uh, believers moving up into heaven. We see that this is a fulfillment of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10, which says, because you've been faithful to me, I will now protect you from the hour of trial which comes upon the whole earth. And this indeed is the hour of trial, meaning a short span, which we see in the Bible uh, proclaims as being seven years during that time. Now, we're into the trumpet judgments. In the early chapters, we saw chapter 6, the sealed judgments. And you can go back and study those and what we have there. And now we're moving into the seventh seal opens up the seven trumpets. And in our last podcast on Revelation, we had talked about the first uh, seal, uh, the first trumpet judgment. After he blew it, the first angel blew his trumpet. Hail and fire mixed with blood were hurled into the earth. 
So a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. How this might happen in secular explanation could be to a nuclear fallout. We don't know. But somebody might say, well, this is all symbolic. I don't see it that way. And as, I, as we are reading the judgments going down upon earth, we see that this is telling us massive loss. I want you to think about this. A third of the earth will lose its trees. All the green grass will be burned up. Can you imagine the devastation on the ecology of nothing else on this besides the trauma that reaches the people on earth? Many will turn to God. It's sad to say many won't. We will see the judgments coming down. The first angel, uh, we talked about this in the last podcast. I'm going to move on and read you the next part here of the other angels and what they're doing. The second angel, I'm going to start with verse 8. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain, ablaze with fire, was hurled into the sea. So a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from heaven. It fell on a third of the rivers and springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood. So many of the people died from the waters because they had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars. And so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. I looked, and I heard an eagle. It could be also translated an angel. Uh, I heard, let's just say, a heavenly being flying high overhead, crying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who live on the earth because of the remaining trumpet blast that the three angels are about to sound. So you're saying here, with verse 8, with the grass all being burned away, a third of the trees, we see then the shipping lanes are being corrupted, the living creatures dying in verse 9, the other angel blowing up a trumpet and a great star coming down, third of the river, waterways. And then at the very end it says, this isn't as bad as what is to come. God's judgments are indeed severe. We see God's mercy. You know, we've talked about this when we see this, and there are Christians that say, this sounds scary. It's scary to the non-believer. But I'll also, lest somebody would call God cruel, I'm reminding you that 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And then 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 is also talking about this righteous God who is also a God of mercy. God desires that all people should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's why it says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will open up the door, I will come in and be with them. And that's why also we can see in Romans chapter 6, verse 23 does tell us that the wages of sin is death. That's the warning. But it also tells you the way of escape. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the way is made. The plan of salvation, if the person he or she would take that, would grasp onto that, 
would live that, would repent of the former life and come that way. The invitation is there to head to God's home and be away from this. As it says in Revelation 3.10, you'll be taken from the hour of the judgment which comes. But we also remember, we have a God that's loving and merciful. But bear in mind, he's not a celestial Santa Claus that everybody gets a free pass no matter how they lived. I want to remind you of a very, very important point that many a Christian will not emphasize in his or her life. And that's recognizing our God as Father, our God as loving, Yahweh as being omniscient, omnipotent. But never forget, over all this, the greatest attribute of Jehovah is his holiness. Psalm 60 and verse 6, God speaks in his holiness. Psalm 47 and verse 8, God sits upon the throne of his holiness. Psalm 111 verse 9, holy is his name. Exodus chapter 15 verse 11, he is majestic in holiness. Hannah's song of 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2, there is no one holy as the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 20, who can stand before this holy Lord God? We've talked about the holiness of the Lord in the live broadcast, both on YouTube and on TikTok, and we've emphasized the fact that the angels, when they are circling the throne in Isaiah chapter 6, we hear them calling out something, the attribute thrice repeated. It's not love, 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 or strength, strength, strength. It is holy, holy, holy. And in that, God says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, you are to be holy because I am holy. And so we see this word meaning sacred separateness from what? From sin, from the world, from the flesh, from lust. Sacredly separate, this is the God who must judge or else he wouldn't be righteous. And so we see this coming down for the reasons of these very, very important uh, uh, judgments that are coming here. So we saw the first one and the devastation upon the vegetation. Now the second one, something. John says it's like a great mountain. And so the best thing that we can see here is when we see this, a great mountain burning with fire, throwing into the sea. It has devastation upon the sea. This could be sort of, maybe it is a meteorite of some kind. Uh, the, uh, when, when we see it, when it is thrown into the sea, it has a devastating effect. So what it looks like, we can take this as literal. The description, John is grasping the best he can explain it. But when it happens, he's not saying, I literally saw you know, a mountain out of its roots being ripped up. But he's probably talking about the size of it in his perspective, as large as a mountain. And when this happens, the meteorite makes contact with there. There's going to be an upheaval, which will result, which it looks like that there will be a reaction in the environment upon this. I'm thinking back in 2019, I had read an article about what's called the red tide. And it was killing dolphins and marine life. The algae that was red was very, very toxic. And there were, I think, 176 dolphins died from this in an area, and they had to call out special funding, I think, to the tune of $25 million to figure out what they could do. 
this uh, had come up and gave the impression that it was bloody. That's how deeply dark it looked there. And there, um, dolphins were washing up on shore. There was another, uh, the, the uh, National Oceanic Administration, uh, the, the acronym is NOAA, had reported in another situation that there were dolphins that were washing up on shore because of toxic algae. I think over 200 in another place. And when they're trying to find out what can be done about this, the red tide comes in and it stays for months. What can you do? And they basically, the scientists said, we don't know. We're not really sure exactly what to do. Well, think of the devastation that would happen here. As the red tide, it very well could be washed up, giving a bloody red appearance to to the point that it says that a third of the sea is contained by this color, this hue, and it affects just as those bottlenose dolphins uh, were uh, killed there by the hundreds, a third of the living creatures in the sea died. Could you imagine even in just something as simple as saying, what would that do to the food supply, the chains of the many nations that depended on their exports in sea life, that alone, but also how that will uh, taint the rest of the seas and what would happen. A third of the ships were destroyed because of this. They're ineffective here. So we're seeing the financial district being uh, uh, taken over and, and changed upside down. One of man's dear loves is the financial part of his life. Uh, uh, unregenerate man loves to make sure he has money in his pocket and continues to make money. And it's going to stop the ships of the sea all of this, when we see this uh, happening, this is something that is total tidal waves uh, uh, coming from this. The, the uh, imagination is stretched when we look at this. And then if, if that isn't bad enough, then in verse 10, a third of the, eight, the trumpets, a third trumpet brings uh, also uh, uh, devastation on the third of the rivers. The third angel sounds, a great star falls from heaven burning like a torch, and so it gave the appearance of, of shooting flames out. But it says like. Remember, I, I remind you, John uses like and as numerous times because he's just not sure, so he's giving his best description. It fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water, so we have uh, 33% of the waterways affected by this. There's a name for it. The name of the star is Wormwood. Now, that gives a description to the reader or the listener at that day, they know wormwood. Wormwood is a, is a substance that is a, a plant that is so, so bitter, it was often used as an emetic in medicine to cause people to throw up in case they ingested poison. You cannot keep it down, nor anything else in your stomach. And this is a, a very, very clear description of what's going to happen to those who undergo this, may you say, biohazard, uh, going in there, the ecological disaster is enormous on this. The uh, We keep seeing this third, and I can't help but thinking, when we think of threes, that's the perfect number, the number of completeness in the Bible. Could this mean that we're moving toward a complete judgment? Yes, but it also is saying everything wasn't destroyed. There's still a chance for mercy here. Continues on. The fourth trumpet brings a plague that comes out from the third of the sun being struck, a third of the moon, and the third of the stars. A third of them were darkened. Now, what we see here is that 
the day-night cycle is affected, where it's going to be completely walked, uh, washed out. It's going to be not even starlight. Now, you remember the disciples way back in Matthew chapter 24 were simply asking the Lord, what will the end times be like? And when he talks about that, the post-rapture tribulation, he's describing this. Chapter 24, verse 29, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. What does it say here? A third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars. These things are going to be taken out now just one third of the day. But then that would be a time when the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light uh, in this. And when this happens, there's going to be an upset of the, uh, of the continual rhythmic uh, pattern of sleep and awakeness uh, on this. And so man is unsettled in everything, in what he can partake in, in, uh, in, in some of the groceries, uh, the seafood, the sea life, uh, the shipping lanes, the commerce is interrupted, the financial district is in an upheaval, uh, the, eco, the ecology is all over the place where people have the, f- the full feeling that in the end times that we will reach a nirvana utopia of a perfect earth. Well, that's not happening here because they would say, well, the earth is, after all, supreme. No, God is over all. But listen to this. At the very final part, the angel calls out, and he calls a woe, W-O-E, a deep uh, cultural cry of deep, deep stress. And he says this, what's going to happen? The remaining blasts of the trumpet are going to be even worse. If you are here and alive, oh, pity you, pity you, pity you. So he's going uh, through here, giving a warning. I want you to remember this, too, when we see all this, of the many times people are warned and they will still rebel. So when we run up against somebody who lives fairly good in this life, and we're telling them the truth of the gospel, and they reject it, always remember there are those that will stay till the bitter end in their own ways. But God is supreme here. I don't think we see any celebrities here. We don't see any Christian entertainment in this chapter. We don't see anybody stepping forward to give their personality or post a picture. This is all about the Lord. He will be glorified. He's glorified in his judgment. And I remind you on the new earth, uh, we read in Habakkuk 2.14, that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. We will also see him. It is about Yahweh, a wonderful, wonderful comforting thought of protection for us, but yet also a very sad realization of those that would reject and think that they can get away with that. Well, we'll talk some more here. I appreciate you being with me on this time, and we are continuing through in the judgments and in the justice of God as we continue through verse by verse in Revelation. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. I would ask once again, if you can see your way to helping our ministry, Uh, Many big things here. We're working on a new dynamic website to help our followers and our listeners and our supporters to see what we're doing on a regular basis and just helping. And then we need uh, help on that financially. Uh, Also in setting up the studio, finishing up and insulating the studio against the winter blast because right now it's January and I'm not able to be out there. If those things, if you're able to help us out, 
then please go to our website. There is a donation page, and there's also the address in case you'd like to send anything rather than go through uh, the electronic means. Pray about that. And if you're not able to, that's fine. We don't charge anything for here. Just want you to know the truth. Just be in prayer for us. Would you put us on your prayer list? I appreciate it so much. My ministry is Zulon, X-U-L-O-N, and you can uh, find uh, more about us at Zulon.org. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel, and we will continue our study in Revelation in our next podcast. Thank you, and God bless you. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, Zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N dot org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.